Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. We're going live in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody. Annabelle and I were just talking before, but you know what, man? We haven't been talking too much, you know what I mean? We don't talk anymore. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's a song that we don't talk anymore. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. People, we can't sing. So don't listen to us. One day, guys, I don't know when this is going to happen. I told Ken, there's this. So back in the back in the day when we were first recording. Was that nine months ago? About nine months ago. We thought it would be funny to. At the very end of an episode, have us us uh, singing a song. We won't tell you what song. Let's say they didn't make the f- the first round, and Cam still doesn't want to have it out there in public. But one day, when he doesn't know it, <laughs> he's gonna sneak it in there. So just stay tuned. Might be in next episode. Might be a year from now. But you'll know. That's why you gotta listen to every episode. People. <laughs> you have to listen to every episode, beginning you, to end. Are you talking about? Uh, not gangsters, uh, rappers paradise or rappers, rappers Del- delight. Rappers yeah. delight. It's a good song, people. We were jamming one day. Anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, you know the drill, as Annabelle likes to say: like and subscribe to the podcast. We are trying to have more guests on. We've had, I guess, three to this point. Uh, Garrett Ferguson was our last one. Uh, Go stre- check it out. Go check it out. Strength coach. Strength coach up at Clarkson University. So if you're listening and you have someone that you think might be of interest that would like to be on the podcast, let us know. We're always looking for exciting guests. We're just trying to we're trying to give everybody the best information we can. And yeah. that is always sometimes not sometimes a lot of the time done through dial uh, like conversations and uh, having good uh, dialect between people that might have different experiences and or backgrounds. So we like guests. So if you have anybody. Yeah. DM us the name or if there's certain topics too just dm us topics as well that's still on the table oh yeah always topics so annabelle what are we talking about today so today's topic so we talked to a strength and conditioning coach last week and it got us thinking you know what what are the best exercise for pure strength because in the last call he said strength is the foundation so before he builds anything else he wants to get them strong so then it got us thinking what are the main Exercises are live to build pure strength. So, yeah, we, we are. Want, we want to give you guys a little bit more specifics, I, I guess. Yeah. Because it definitely, you know, what's it called? Wet your whistle? Got, <laughs> got, your, got your appetite ready for, for a little bit more. So we want to put a little bit more meat on those bones. So We gave you a little snack, and now we're giving you the full meal. <laughs> little snacky snack. It's the, it's the coffee today, guys. It's the coffee. So I guess before we can even talk about the exercises, the top 10, in our opinion, we need to talk about what is strength because that's that's important. If we're talking about exercises for strength, we kind of need to know what that is. And we've talked about in the past when we talked about the 10 aspects of fitness, strength was one of those. So the definition, so to speak, is just the ability of muscular units or a combination of those units to apply force. So just think like force production. How much force can your muscles produce against an external resistance? And that's what strength is. Pretty Mm -hmm. pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So in order to get stronger, Animal, what do you you need to do? 
You gotta live heavy things. Yeah, you gotta get that external resistance to go up. It makes sense. No, that makes sense. Well, I guess what are the, the main types of strengths, Cam? With with that strength, you can almost break it down into, I guess, two different categories, so to speak. So you have like absolute strength and you have relative strength. The big difference between the two is absolute strength doesn't really, actually, it does not take into account a person's like height and weight, but basically their size. It's just looking at the total amount being lifted. Mm-hmm. While relative is looking into and takes into consideration and compares the amount of weight lifted with the individual's size or body weight. Yeah, the, I guess an easy way to put it is when somebody says, oh, this person's squatting 315, but they only weigh X amount and they're only X tall. That's more relative strength. Whereas when you look at absolute, it's like, oh, they're pulling 500 pounds and then we don't even care their height or weight because those are going to be factors that are going to dictate the potential of what they can lift. Exactly. Uh, so a, a pretty common example is you have person A, person B. Okay. Person A weighs 150 pounds and this person deadlifts 300 pounds. What that means is if you divide 300 by 150, that means they're able to deadlift two times their body weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. So then you have person B who weighs 185 pounds, but can deadlift 350 pounds. So absolute strength, person B can lift 50 pounds more. However, they are about, what is that, 25 pounds, no, 35 pounds heavier. So if you look at that, person B only is deadlifting 1.9 times their body weight. So I guess the, the thing to look at that is, is if all things were equal, if person A and person B were the same size, since person A can deadlift twice their body weight and person B can only deadlift 1.9 times, Person A is relatively stronger than the other person. Though person B can absolutely lift more weight Mm -hmm. because the weight on the bar is heavier. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely just cares about the pure number relative is comparing your demographics. So which is more important? It depends. (laughs) Yeah, it's always one of those depends. You'll find, I mean, you'll find people in both camps for this where it's, you know, doesn't matter at all costs. Increase your strength. I don't care if you get fat and overweight. You got to get stronger. It's the most important thing. And you know, there's obviously some things to be said about that. Um, but then on the other side, you don't want to gain so much, you know, body weight, so to speak, just to make your numbers go up. Because, you know, actually, it's not really making you any relatively stronger. It's just making you more absolute strong. I would say this. I want to hear a thoughts, Doc. If you're not playing sports, maybe you should focus on relative strength. You know, that's actually a pretty good, that's a good suggestion. Because as I was looking at, like, the examples of which one would be more important, a relative kind of kept coming, or uh, absolute kind of kept coming up when it was sports. So, like, the an example I had was, like, think about a football linebacker and, like, a football running back. So the linebacker, you really just want, like, absolute strength like it doesn't Your matter strength, if yeah. they're that's why they're bigger they're they're 300 yeah you don't care if maybe they have a little bit more fat on them yeah it's because how much force can they push against the other linebacker while like a running back you you do care about strength but it's a little bit more relative because you want them to have other aspects of fit you want them to be a little bit faster more agile so meaning they can't weigh three to four hundred pounds 
even though that makes them potentially stronger, you want relative strength. You want a 200-pound, you know, running back. Yeah, like maybe they can't bench 315 like the linebacker can, but they're still pretty strong and are benching, I don't know, 250. Sure. So relative is a little bit better for the running back, but absolute is better for the linebacker. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you look on the field, the sizes are different. Like they don't really care if the linebacker is, you know, so a I guess bigger. a good suggestion would be relative strengths for the er everyday person, absolute for athletes. Yeah. To an extent, depending on the sport, I know the sport is going to have some, it's going to dictate a little bit as far as what you might want to focus on. Yeah. I mean, this is where like you can't really just isolate one aspect of fitness and not think that other aspects are going to go down. Like the more absolute stronger you're going to get, most likely the slower you will be because you're going to be putting on more weight. Yeah, you might be getting stronger. I've seen some big football linemen, man, and they they move quickly. <laughs> that Yeah, so... It's hard. But they don't move it? as quickly as a running back, though. You're right, you're right. So there, there are some things that as one gets better, the other ones might start to diminish to a degree. I mean, mm. you're, you're correct. Some of those guys move really quick. Um, but I, I think I think I like your line of thinking more with for the average person, the relative. Yeah. Like, how strong are you in relation to your body weight? And as that your body weight slowly creeps up in a good way, like building more muscle, we're hoping that your strength also increases. So that way, it's not going. You're not go, you're not benching 200 pounds at 150, and then you reach 200 pounds of body weight, but you're still benching. 200 you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you, you still want your strength to go up so i guess it depends on the sport but those are the different types maybe if you're not an athlete relative is probably more important mm -hmm. so what exercises are the best for increasing absolute and relative strength so this list takes into consideration both of those um kind of goals or types of strength what's number one Annabelle? Of so our top ten, these are our top ten. They're they're not in any specific order, right? They're really not. This first one might be number one, and then everything else. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at the list. I'm like, hmm, they're not in any order, but number one, number one fits. I think the deadlift. And now there's a lot of different variations. There's a sumo, traditional, and the trap bar. Just just pick one. Um, this one allows you to do the most amount of weight to lift. So whenever you start work lifting and you s you work on the, the major lifts that we're going to talk about, squat, bench, deadlift, this one is the one that you're going to be able to move the most amount of weight. Yeah. I feel like it, it should be you should be able to deadlift more than you squat and squat more than you bench. That is typically how it should go. Unless you were like me growing up and you skipped squats and just did more bench – and then your bench was better than your squat back in high school. Pretty sad. And then never deadlift. I never deadlifted in high school. We've already talked about I my think journey. we talked about that. A lot of high school sports focus on power cleans. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense. Yeah, we definitely did more power cleans than deadlifting in high school. Same. You are correct. So, as Annabelle was saying, there's the different types. And, you know, there's also debates about this. But I would just say try them out. Make sure you're doing good form and see which one feels best for your body. Some people, depending on like their the the length of their legs and torso, like a sumo l feels better for them. Like they're mm -hmm. able to, you know, create more leverage. For others, like the trap bar feels better on their low back because, you know, with traditional, sometimes that doesn't feel as great. 
you know, for Annabelle and I, we love traditional deadlift. Personal, you know, experience, it has helped tremendously with my low back pain. I I haven't had low back pain since I started deadlifting, man. It's been Me either, yeah. I mean, other than you tweak it here or there, a little sore, but not like going out for, you know, one to two weeks like it used to. So the deadlift is is great. It's a great exercise. Some of the muscles being worked, like primarily you're hitting glutes and hamstrings and your erector spine and your lats. Secondarily, it's hitting like traps and forearms, quads and calves. So, I mean, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of muscles being worked with just one exercise. Speaking of muscles being worked, these lifts or exercises you're gonna see, they're they're mostly all gonna be com- compound lifts. What's compound animal? Compound meaning you are using the most amount of muscles for a specific movement. Mm-hmm. You're recruiting more. You're able to do more. You're able to add more weight. So that's where you're gonna put on a bit more mass more you're able to add more strength versus isolation well we're gonna do a separate episode on that so just so you know we're in this we don't care we're not trying to target a specific muscle we're focusing on the overall movement that's that's a really good point yeah i think movement patterns with these Mm -hmm. less like are you isolating the calves with this is like no they're still being hit they're isometrically contracting as you push and pull the weight up and stuff like that so that was kind of our number one. And then everything else I would probably say is not in any nest, like, you know, any sort of order. They're all important. Yes, they're all important. What's number two, Annabelle? Is the, the back squat known as the king of all exercises. Now, there's a lot of debates of high bar, low bar, back squat. At the end of the day, just, just start out with one. I personally prefer the low back squat. The low bar? Low bar? Yeah, I said low back then. <laughs> the, the put, low that, put that thing on your low back. <laughs> <laughs> the low bar back squat, it just it just felt better for me overall than the high bar. Yeah, and it depends. Yeah, it depends on what your goals are too. If you're doing more CrossFit, uh, Olympic lifting type stuff, you probably want to go with the high bar because yeah. you want to be in a little mm-hmm. bit more of that vertical position. If you're doing more power lifting, just more. Sh- focused on like strength low bar is going to be the way to go because you can you can squat more doing low bar than you can high especially if you practice it and yeah i agree like even if you're not even talking about weight like the squat is one of the most functional things you know like some people you know maybe back in the day and so people today you poop you dig a hole and you squat we were talking about the other day how many times a day do you bend over or or kind of do a squat motion and it's a lot what what you know what what really kind of kills me in physical therapy is we have, you know, patients coming in and we're like, you know, what's going to really help your knee pain is to, well, us doing some squats. Like it's really going to help. And they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't squat anymore. Squatting's bad for my knees. Like I never do that. I'm like, do you get up out of a chair? Do you sit down into the chair? And like, yeah, I'm like, that's a squat. That's half a squat. Did you get in and out of your car? Did you get in and out of your car? <laughs> Did you get in off the toilet? Like you were literally doing the, the motion. So why not train that motion? And like, well, you know. But anyway, people don't yeah, th- people yeah, don't yeah. people don't think that way. And it almost has to take some education to kind of break that and help people see like, yeah, squatting is really good for almost everything. So we need to do it. I mean, it's a key movement we do every day. And it like the deadlift, it works less muscles, but look at all these muscles that the squat hits. So primarily it's hitting quads, hamstring, and glutes, obviously. Secondarily, it's hitting calves, the erector spinae, uh, core, and traps. Because sometimes the traps have to, uh, the, the bar sits on the traps or a little lower than the traps, and you're kind of doing either a retraction 
So it's activating all those, whether isometrically or concentric, eccentrically. Speaking of cord, Doc, you're going to see here, guys, there is not a single quote-unquote core exercise. Why is that, Doc? What's the purpose of the core? The purpose of the core... So. Th- the, then a good question is, what is the core? A lot of people think it's the front part of your belly, you know, like it's your six pack. The back. Yeah, so it's the front, it's the sides, it's also the low back. It's in the back, and some people will even argue it's part of the glutes because the glutes and the kind of around the pelvis those also feed in and help to stabilize the trunk. So I would say the core is the cylinder um, that kind of wraps around your body can go all the way up to your upper back down to your low back and glutes. But I guess colloquially when people think of core, they think of the abs. Yeah, they think of crunches, Mm sit-ups, leg lifts, which are hitting a part of it. But, I mean, if you're squatting and you're bracing, uh, we call it like either Valsalva or your transverse abdominis, and you're bracing and you're creating a tight cylinder, that's going to be the best way to push, pull, squat, because you're keeping everything nice and rigid, nice and tight. So you're getting an ungodly amount of contractions through your, quote, core, that cylinder, to lift heavy weights. Mm-hmm. So if you don't believe me right now, if you're with somebody, I want you to go like hand-to-hand like you're going to push them over. Or, or go to a wall, and I want you to push hard against the wall. Or push hard against your friend or that person next to you. The first thing you're going to do is probably hold your breath. Because you're trying to create, yeah, you're going to brace, hold your breath or brace. That's usually what most people do Mm -hmm. because you're trying to create a tight cylinder to be able to push, pull, squat off of. So that's why we're not really including anything on here. I mean, it's hard to say someone has a quote weak core if they're deadlifting over 300 pounds. Like that core has to be nice and tight so that you're not bending all over the place. I wanted to say that because I, I remember spending countless hours doing all these endless crunches, probably not doing much. And then we started a program where it was trans, trans, primarily doing strengths, uh, movement and strengths from like overall numbers as a whole. And my core, the first few days and weeks was sore. I was like, that's mm-hmm. weird. It's like, I'm not even doing abs because I was stabilizing. I was using it. I was bracing. And, and a lot of these other ones, man, I, 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 I kid you not. Once you're doing them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, why are my abs sore? It's like, well, you're using them. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you're really trying to, like, make your abs pop, like you're trying to cut some body weight. and we'll just have like, some more for you later yeah, in the next episodes, but what were you thinking? Yeah, so then that's when you might do some of the crunches, mm-hmm. um, all those different type of what you most people consider core because you want to treat them like any other muscle. You want them to get a little bigger so that when you lose fat, they pop more. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about the core and trunk as a whole as that cylinder uh, which you push, pull, squat. Yeah, th- this is going to give you a, what, you say 80 to 90% of yeah. everything you need to do. Yeah. And then the last 10 is what we're going to talk about in another episode, more of an isolation. Mm-hmm. I would I would totally agree with that. You know, people doing 15-minute, 10-minute core exercises, it's like, great. Um, the only way that would probably be beneficial if, if you're some sort of calisthenics person and you're having to hold handstands and front levers and like where you're really having to use them for a gymnast but for the common common person you don't need to be doing 10 to 15 minute ab workouts just a little bit here and there use these compound lifts and your core and abs will be just fine Mm -hmm. so what's the next one so number three 
is the bench press. We got to put that one on there. Everyone's favorite. It, it, it is. It's the most. It's one. It's the co- most common exercise in the gym. When you go in there, most people will bench press. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do today. Let's go bench. You know, bro, how much do you bench? It's <laughs> everybody loves that one, and it's also one of the three powerlifting um, exercises that you have to do in competition. Mm-hmm. You are able for the upper body able to uh, produce the most force, produce the most strength with the bench press. You're utilizing a lot of muscles, pecs, anterior delts, triceps. I do have a, I do have a, what's the word? Gripe with the bench press though. Mm. It's not functional. You're laying flat, pushing up. When do you ever do that in everyday life? Well, I mean, I guess it's similar to the push up. But push up is probably a little bit more functional. The push up is more functional. You can't do as much weight with the push up. But that was my that's my only gripe with it. Yeah, you can but there this this exercise list is for strength. How can you produce the most strength, the most force? And yeah, that bench press has to be on it yeah, because you can overload. I guess you embrace your core you you incorporate your core a little bit if you you know you're yeah, but not as Bracing much as your your stomach some and But not as much as the push up. Oh no, but yeah. most people can't do a push up. Yeah. So anyway, that's my only mm. gripe about it. It's not very functional to think about sitting flat on a bench and pushing, but but that's why this next exercise we think is better, even though you can't generate as much force as you can with the bench. I think this is an exercise that man, I wish I would have done this sooner. I just didn't incorporate it. What is I would it? bench, but I would never and then I would do all these different machines for my shoulders, which is what we're going to get to. It's the overhead press. Now, there's a lot of variations of this. There's mm-hmm. the military. There's a seated. There's standing. There's behind the head. Behind the head. We're just talking about standard standing or seating in front of your your um, your face. You're just pushing up. This one, I think it's more important than the bench. I do too, man. I... There's also even some like strength coaches like we can uh, we can like throw out Mark Ripito and uh, Bill Starr thinks that it's more I believe it's Bill Starr don't quote me on that one thinks that it's actually more functional for like an athlete because you're standing you're having to push something over your head you're stabilizing your trunk you're having mm. to squeeze your quads <clears throat> you're not you know using the bench as I don't want to say like a crutch for support for support like mm-hmm. you're having to do the support yourself. And then most people neglect overhead motions and, and working your shoulders. They'd rather bench than do this one. Yeah, you need to have vertical push, not just a horizontal push. Totally agree. And again, you can't overhead press as much as you can bench. So a lot of people like to be able to see that weight on the bar go up and do bench versus overhead press. But man, this one I feel like is more functional and has more carryover for like athletes and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times do you pick something up and put it over your, your head? Yeah, I mean, again, pantry. I mean, you're in the pantry grabbing something and putting it up, and well, you know, we've talked in uh, other episodes about. Well, number one, this one has helped my shoulder tremendously since I played overhead sports my entire life. Played baseball. Me too. And a lot of people, even doctors, will say, you know, don't don't lift over your head or don't lift much weight. It's going to tear your rotator cuff. And it's like, no, this is the one exercise that will help you prevent. You don't want to be weak and emotion. Like you're saying, reaching into the cabinet. Oh, that crock pot's a little too heavy. Boom. Then you get an injury because you're not strong. Blew your shoulder out, lifting a crock pot. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen it happen, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. So number four was the overhead press. It's, it's a uh, highly recommended. 
what I guess what are you working when you're doing the the overhead press? I mean, it's it's definitely a heavy delt, uh, definitely tricep, and then I would say secondarily, I don't know, primarily maybe secondarily your trunk and slash core. Yeah. And if you're really squeezing your quads and glutes, you're getting some isometric contractions down there too. Like mm. it's, not, I wouldn't say it's a lower body exercise, but you're gonna have to have some sort of stable base to push overhead from. So you're definitely hitting a lot of muscles with this one exercise. Oh, I agree. Unless you're sitting, of course. I prefer standing. I do too. For overall function, but yeah, you can do sitting if you want. Yeah. All right, number five. Again, these are in no particular order. We have the pull-up. And Man, these are great. Specifically, if you can get to weighted, because that's when you will start to build a lot of pulling strength. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I would like to... This is the best vertical pulling exercise. You know, change my mind. <laughs> what else is Let me there? Think. Mm, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could might get super specific if you went to like some of these high level calisthenic moves. But again, I don't think you have to have this foundational movement pattern before you can even do some of those. So I'd that say is this true. Is a lot of these are foundations before you can even. Like, ideally, you want to start getting a decent deadlift before you start incorporating. Decent deadlift and overhead press before you start incorporating some of these Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even, I'm just kind of going rogue right here, but so pull-ups. Let's say you can't do a pull-up, okay? The first thing that I would do personally is start with assisted pull-ups using bands or, you know, sometimes uh, there's the machines in the gym where you can kind of stack the weights. And what you want to do is you want to be able to build up to where you can do like 10 repetitions, of whatever resistance that's helping you. And then you cut the resistance and you work on that until you're able to get up to 10 repetitions and you keep cutting the resistance until you don't need it anymore. And then what happens from there is you can start working some negatives. So like if you still can't pull yourself up, jump up, hold and do the negatives and get 10 repetitions of the negative. You do enough negatives, you'll be able to produce the positive, which is the, the mm -hmm. pulling up motion. From there, it's all... And what it means by doing the negative, you have to control it on the way down. Yes. Don't just don't just fall. No, that's that's a very good point. Like, fight it. Mm-hmm. So, with the... Uh, once you're able to do a positive, the best thing to do is just stack some volume. So, a good, uh, I guess, workout program that you can do with this is called an EMOM, like an every minute on the minute. So, let's say you're only able to do one pull-up. So do one pull-up in the first minute, rest the rest of that minute. The next minute, do another one pull-up. And you do that consecutively for 10 minutes. At the end of 10 minutes, you've done 10 pull-ups. If you keep working on this, you'll be able to do two pull-ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. And then you're at 20 pull-ups. And you keep doing that. And once you're able to do five, then you're able to do five, you know, positive motions of the pull-up. And then from there, it just you just keep progressing like you would any other exercise. You keep doing sets and reps, still trying to inch out a little bit more and more until you're up to 10 reps. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then once you're doing positives for 10, like let's say you're able to do three sets of 10 positive, you are in a good spot. You can start adding some weight. Yes, hang five, 10 pounds from you, and just start that process over again. And then before you know it, you'll be, you know, pulling, I don't know, 45, 50 pounds for reps. Mm -hmm. And that's where you'll see a lot more gains is those weighted pull-ups. Okay. Oh, some muscles being worked, lats, biceps, depending on your grip, forearms, rhomboids, secondarily, posterior delts, mid-lower traps, hitting a lot of muscles. Yeah, I guess it's just supinated and not, yeah. So, okay. All right. 
What's number six, Animal? Next one that I recently started doing is dips. Man, these blow up your chest <laughs> and your triceps. These are these are crazy hard. We actually included dips over push-ups. For oh, we didn't even put push-ups in. Yeah, anything. we. Yeah. So when we why we did this is you can do dips and get them to be weighted, and you'll be able to hang weight more than you can with a push-up, or it takes a little bit more setup yeah, to you, do. Yeah, you can do weighted push-ups, but dips are, I think, a little bit better. I mean, the dips are essentially, they call it the upper body squat because it looks like your upper body's doing a squat. <laughs> is that is that why they called it? Yeah. I just thought that they called it that because it was really good. I mean, it is. It's it's it's. I don't know if it's the king of the upper body exercises, but it's super functional. You're You're using your own weight, your own body weight. You can add weight. It's definitely targeting the same pushing uh, motion as like push-ups and bench press. And secondarily, it can be hitting core depending on what angle you're doing or like if your legs are hanging or tucked or L-sit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, let's say your bench press gets stalled, guys. Start incorporating dips into your rotation. Your bench press is going to blow up. And some people might say, well, are dips bad for your shoulder and all that kind of stuff? And again... With anything, you got to start light. You got to start trying with the right motion. Technique. 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 Yep. And you you do want to make sure you have enough what we call shoulder extension, like where if you're putting your arm back, instability at end range. So that might be something where you need to talk to a physical therapist or a trainer to kind of incorporate other exercises to kind of give you a very similar pattern. Maybe you need to start with bench dips first Mm -hmm. before you go to that. But anyway, it's a great exercise to help build a whole lot of strength, incorporate dips into your routine. Yeah, I guess like with any of the other lifts, you want to pick a variation that you're able to do and then work your way up. Agreed. All right. What's number seven, Annabelle? Oh, my gosh. I can't even do this yet, but one day, muscle ups. Muscle ups. <laughs> I've only been able to do a couple of them. Like, and that's with like... Isn't it what? Just like a... It's pull up. It's like doing the pull up motion and then doing a dip. Yeah, like a straight. Yeah, you pull yourself up over the bar and you like almost do a straight bar dip, fully extended. These are tough. These definitely take a lot of skill. So some people might have the strength, but lack the skill, and it, you know you, not, you might need to practice that and stuff. Yeah. But the reason this must the, the reason the muscle up is so great is not only can you do them weighted and all that kind of stuff, but it's hitting like all heads. Of the deltoid, triceps, pecs, lats, arms, forearms, core. Mm. Like for a calisthenic exercise, it's hitting so many different muscles. And it's really tough to do. Oh, yeah. You have to have some good strength to do this exercise and skill. So it's 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 hitting a couple different aspects of strength and skill. Yeah, and I guess with some of these at first, there is going to be a skills gap while you're learning them. So be patient. Yeah. So if you can't do pull-ups or dips, you're not going to be able to do a muscle-up. But once you're able to do weighted pull-ups and weighted dips and you work on some skill for the muscle-up, you'll be able to do a muscle-up. Mm-hmm. But we want to put that one on the list because it is hitting so many different muscles and yeah. you can scale. Great great for building absolute and relative strength. And the next one, the barbell row. Yes. Man, you can do it with a with a bar set up on the squat rack and do the inverted row. You can also just do a, a standard barbell row where you add weight to it. There's a lot of variations you can do with this. 
And this one's a great, so if we think about the pull-up being a great, like, v- vertical. Vertical. This one, I mean, it's, it's technical. More horizontal now? It's a little bit more, I mean. but you're banding over. Yeah, but the, the, res- the resistance at the other end, you know what I mean? Like, the weight's below you versus, well, I guess the. Well, I guess if you did inverted. Yeah, that's true. But with the barbell row, it's easy to put a lot of weight on there and progressively mm-hmm. overload and get stronger for all your pulling muscles. And again, it's hitting very similar ones to the pull-up. A little less focus on the lats, though. It's going to be hitting a little bit more with like the rhomboids and middle and lower traps, stuff like that, than than just the lats, like a pull-up will. Yeah. But we like this one because it's so easy to overload on. And again, these are top 10 for strength. This one will help you get stronger. What's another one? Let's add to one, Doc. Oh, number nine is the Bulgarian split squat. Annabelle loves these. They hurt so good. They do. It just a lot of these we're we're thinking of key movement. When when you say that most people say there's like some say five, some say seven key movements that every human does. Yes. So what what Annabelle's talking about is like there's the hinge pattern covered by the mm-hmm. deadlift. There's the squat pattern mm-hmm. covered by the squat. <laughs> there's your pushing motion, both vertical and horizontal, mm-hmm. covered by what we've already talked about. There's pushing, both vertical and horizontal. There's lunge. Oh, I think uh, you said pushing twice. It's pulling. Pulling. Sorry. Yeah, yeah pulling, both her- vertical and horizontal. Mm-hmm. There's the lunge pattern where you're essentially in a split stance uh, lunge pattern. There's a carry. And then there's like a rotational plane. Which we didn't necessarily put anything on the rotational plane with these because you're not really necessarily building a bunch of strength with those. But those are some of the foundational movement patterns yeah. the body goes through. So the Bulgarian split squat is essentially that lunge or split stance that you can definitely overload well on in that pattern. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Bulgarian split squat is a lot easier to overload than, let's say, a walking lunge. Sure. Yeah. Neither one's better than the other one, guys. This is purely This is our strength. opinion. Yeah, and, and and our opinion too. Yeah. But yeah, so if you don't know what a Bulgarian split squat is, look it up. But basically one leg is up on a bench, so you're isolating the leg out in front. Take some balance into consideration. But as Anibal said, it's you're able to overload on these and killer leg workout. Definitely focuses on the quads. Yeah, we didn't this morning, man. My legs are still shaky. And then the last thing we have on here is what we call a farmer's carry. You're basically, you're grabbing some heavy weight, heavy dumbbells, heavy kettlebells, and you're just walking. And it's really good to do if you just hold one and not in two arms. Because now so you're- So it's a suitcase carry. Like a suitcase carry, because you're, now you're inv- involving a little bit more of that cylinder, some of that trunk, because it's trying to pull you off to the side and you're having to stay more upright. It's going to get, you obviously, your grip and forearm, even shoulder stability, but- a lot of people need to build up their grip strength, and a farmer's carry is a great way, a great finisher exercise mm-hmm. uh, at the end of a workout to work kind of that other, like more of what we call the frontal in the frontal plane. And of your core. And the core, yeah. So those are our top ten. You want to just recap all top t- uh, the top ten that we had? Oh, yeah. So and, and a lot of these work a lot of different muscles that maybe we didn't cover or and help in a lot of different aspects. Like deadlift can also help you with your grip. Pull-ups can also help you with your grip. So they all complement one another. So number one is deadlift. Two, squat. The back squat, that is. And then the flat bench. Overhead press. Pull-ups. Dips. Muscle-ups. Barbell row. Bulgarian split squat. And then farmer's carry or some sort of carry. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's our top ten. If you were to only do these ten for the rest of your life, you would be fine. You'd be set. You'd be totally set. Yeah, I mean, you need to overall just prioritize compound lifts over isolation. Not that you don't want to do isolation, but compound lifts are going to give you the most bang for your buck for those gains, for those that gain. <laughs> with, the, with, with the Z, baby. With the Z, multiple Z. Multiple. For emphasis. So I guess if you were to take anything away from this podcast episode is, oh, that's cool. Maybe we can debate on what you think is your top 10 for strength. That's totally fine. We're, we're definitely open to having our mind changed if one needs to be on the list. This is what we think. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing, well, if you're not doing any of these, you need to start incorporating these <laughs> into your workout routine. But then also if you're like, I, I, I can't do a pull-up. I, I, I can't do a dip. Start to work on those things. I can't I can't do a muscle. I can't balance on one leg and do a, a Bulgarian split squat. Start to work on those things. Add them into your workout routine. You know, as we said, start with the assistance, the negatives until you can do the positive. And that's going to help you build so much more strength than just avoiding them because you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then try the variation. Deadlifts hurt my back. We'll try a different variation. Hire a coach to look at. Hire yeah. us. We'll, we'll, we'll do videos and watch you, uh, you know, deadlift and critique your form yeah, and we'll everything. Yeah, we'll do form checks. We'll do form checks. Just... We want you to try these exercises. And if you haven't done one, give it a shot. Start light. Start to build up. These are the cornerstones of all workout programs. Yeah, you will not find any workout program on the market from any sort of coach that is worth the salt that is not going to have either all of these or or majority of these in the routine at some point. Mm-hmm. All They will always be in there. You can't get around them. No, absolutely. Do you have anything else, Doc? No, that's it. That's all that I got. All right. Well, that's all I got too, guys. And remember, you are human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See you guys. See you.